Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. story this week of a, of a lady by the name of Diane Aiden. Diane tells a story of the, how that she went to church just like you are here at church today. And she went to church and her pastor began to talk about uh, this fellow co-worker that he had that every time that he would get a parking space uh, close to the entrance of a, of a shopping mall, he would say, would you look at God? And then, then he'd say he would go into uh, those spaces like, you know, go into uh, a retail store and get a, uh, an item and he's go out to buy that item and as soon as it went through the register and it come up as a, a bargain less than he expected to pay, he would look at the cashier and say, would you look at God? And so he would just do that. Every, he would go along and as he, if he found a quarter on the ground, he would pick it up and he'd say, would you look at God? And so anyways, as he said that, the pastor said, you know what? He said it all the time. It's, he said it become annoying to me. And she, Diane said, you know, I could understand how the pastor would feel that it would be a little bit annoying to have that happen. She said, so I left after church and went to uh, Sam's to get some items with my daughter for work. And, and she said, I, I was coming out of Sam's. And she said, you know, Sam's doesn't have any bags to put your stuff in. So I was carrying my stuff. And she said, I, I had to hand a receipt out. So I was getting the receipt, handing it to the lady. And as I was handing it to the lady, all of a sudden my receipt for work uh, blew, the wind blew, and it blew it across the parking lot. She's like, my receipt was gone. I couldn't find it anywhere. And she's like, oh, no, what am I going to do? She says, so I took a step out the door and said, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. And she said, all of a sudden, the wind changed direction and blew back toward her. And something hit her on the ankle. And she reached down, and she picked it with a piece of paper. She picked it up, and it was her receipt. You know what she said? Would you look at God? Would you look at God? Matter of fact, let's just say that together. It just feels good to say it. You ready? Come on, you ready? Would you look at God? Would you look at God? And that's what, you know, where miracles start is when we're looking to God. Would you agree with that? When we're looking to God, that's where miracles start. And so today I'd like to take you on a journey. I'd like to take you into the Scripture. And what I'm going to tell you about is a real-life account. It's not made up. It's not fiction. It's true. And there was a lady, by the, uh, a widow lady. We don't know her name, but the prophet's name was Elisha. And Elisha was a guy that was a prophet. Let me explain what a prophet is. A prophet was a man that God, God would speak to. And back in the Old Testament days, that man was to speak the message to the people. And God would sometime allow these prophets to do supernatural things. And so this lady, her husband worked for this guy. He was an assistant to Elisha. But he died. Her husband died. And now she's left with no income, no way to provide for her family and it's come to the point to where it's so bad that the debt collectors are coming and calling her and they're actually saying that they're going to come and get her children to take them, at, to, in other words, the debtor prison so they could pay the debt off. And so as we enter this story today, it's true. I want you to see how a miracle has happened, how to have a personal miracle, how to experience a personal miracle from God. And so today, that's what we want to dive into. So would you go ahead and take out your outline, and let's get started. How to receive a personal miracle from God. You ready? Number one, let's write this down. The first thing is that admit your need to God. 
Admit your need to God. Now notice on your outline, it says this. In 2 Kings 4 and 1, it says, One day, widow, a widow, one day the widow of a member of the group of the prophets came to Elisha and cried out. So in other words, she's not, you know, saying, Hey, Elisha. She's going, Hey, Elisha, get over here. Okay, never mind. You guys don't dramatize the Bible like I do. And she cried out. She said, my husband who served you, I think she's a little salty here, you know. My husband who served you is dead. And look what she says. And you know how he feared the Lord. But look at this. But now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. And so she presents the issue right up front. My issue is that there's creditors that are coming. And they're going to take away my son because I can't pay my bills. And I owe. And my husband's dead, and he worked with you. So what, you know, she begins to bring this to his attention. Now, let me say this. The first thing that if we're going to have a miracle from God is we have to admit that we got a situation that we need God's help. Amen? And so what I want to tell you, first and foremost, is this. Is that when we have problems, we have our human nature, we have a tendency to try to work it out ourselves, to try to make it all happen ourselves, to try to fix it ourselves, and our pride gets in the way. Would you agree with that? You know, let me just tell you this. You know, when you're humble, you stand tall. But when you're prideful, you will fall. Do you agree with that? The Bible says pride comes before fall. So many times, we will not admit that we have a need, and we will not admit it to God that we have a need. And so the only way that God can help us with a need is we have to admit it. Now, here's, here's the truth, is that no one can help you with a problem that you're unwilling to admit that you have. No one can help you with a problem. God cannot even help you with a problem that you're unwilling to admit that you have. You agree with that? We have to admit it first, right? In order to receive a miracle from God, we have to ask for that miracle, and we have to admit our problem to God. Now, I have a question again that I want to ask, and this question is this, is where do you go when you have a problem that you cannot solve? Let me say it again. Where do you go when you have a problem that you cannot solve? Where do you go? You know, and that's the question. A lot of people in our culture today, they go to psychic hotline. Isn't Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing how the psychic hotline commercials come on late at night? You know why? Because when you can't sleep, right? You can't sleep, you're going there, you're worried to death, you don't know what to do, and you can't sleep, and you're going through all those channels, you're rolling through the channels, you know why? They, they know that you're at your worst right there. And when we're hurting, we will do extreme things. Would you agree with that? That's right. Matter of fact, we will say, hey, you promised anything, I'll do it. So we'll go to the psychic hotline, we'll go to the, to the horoscope, whatever we got to do. But I'm telling you, The only way to get our needs met and have a miracle is to experience it from God. Amen? Jesus said this. Look at Mark's gospel. Jesus said this in Mark uh, 10 and 27. Look what he says. Jesus said, would you read those next two words out loud with me? Let's read them. You ready? Come on. Oh, wait, you went too far. Now, wait a minute. I said two words. All right, let's try it again. Everybody in the upper room as well. Those two words. Let's read them. You ready? Come on. All things. All things. Now, let me just stop right there. Is there anything that all things doesn't cover? You see, the problem is this, is that when I need a miracle, when you need a miracle, I can believe your miracle and say, oh, yeah, he can do that, he can do that. But when, it's, when I need something and I've asked and it hasn't happened, somehow I say, well, God can do all things, but he can't heal my finances. 
God can do all things, but he can't heal my marriage. God can do all things, but he can't heal my body. God can do all things, but he can't, you know, take care of my children. God can do all things, but he can't take care of my parents. God can do all things, but he can't take care of that crazy neighbor I got. Okay, some of you relate, right? And so we begin to put all these butts in there. You know, never show your butt when you're praying. Oh, okay, never mind. That's right, right. But God, but, 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 right? That's right. Okay. Some of you are going to wake up in the middle of the night laughing about that. And so he says, so Jesus said, all things are, notice that, are, not maybe, are what? Possible. With who? God. With God. That's his promise. Not, not with a psychic, not not with a fortune teller, not, not with a four-leaf clover, not with a rabbit foot in your pocket, but with God. All things are possible with God. And so we have to understand that. Now, I, so I'm talking about praying about those miracles that you need. When Rhonda and I moved into our house, we did about two years ago, we decided to buy a fixer-upper. Well, Rhonda talked me into it. I'll just be honest with you. We didn't decide. Rhonda talked me into it. She said, Jeff, we can do this. Oh, you're so good, Jeff. You can do this. You can do this. And she just told I said, I am that man. <laughs> and then I had to do it. And then I was like, I am not the man again. <laughs> but there's a, there's a, uh, my driveway, I have a long driveway, and there is a field beside us with about an acre and a half to two acres, and there's a tree line there, and then there's more property beside it. And she said, Jeff, I want you to know I'm praying for that field over there. And I said, well, honey, I would love to say that we could possibly buy that field, but it is attached to 88 acres that is being sold, and we, you know, and then a subdivision is going in there, so it's it sold. You know, there's no way. And sure enough, about a month ago, uh, the builder of that subdivision come and met us and said, hey, we're going to be building this subdivision. So I want to give you the heads up. He said, but we're going to be kind to you. And he was very kind, trying to be as kind as he could. He said, but we're going to put a fence up right about 15 feet off of your driveway. And, 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 you know, and there's going to be, so we'll put you some trees up. And, and don't worry about these two-story houses when people peek over the fence and look into your bedroom. Don't worry about that. No, he didn't say that. But I said that to him. I said, so I shouldn't. Win. So anyways, the guy says, listen, he said, you know, we're going to do our best to be the best. And he was, he was very kind, and I was appreciative. But Rhonda said, Jeff, I'm still praying about that two acres. I'm still praying that God's going to give us that. I said, honey, I, I'm with you, baby, but listen. They're about to start this subdivision. And, you know, we've already heard, and the guy's got the plate. He showed us all of this. He's trying to be nice, but that's it. And so I went to lunch one day down at Shane's. I ran down here to grab a, a, something at Shane's, and, and this guy said, hey, Jeff, and it just took me back. It's like, I'm like, okay, who is this? You know, I'm thinking, it's one of you. Who is it, you know? And he, he said, well, I'm, I'm Drew, Jeff. I'm the builder that comes. I said, yes, yes, yes. It had been about a month. He said, I want to show you something. He said, I'm glad to run into you because I was going to call you. That's all right. He pulls up his phone, and he has a track of that land. He says, I want to show you this. He said, we've decided that we're going to move the boundary 100 foot from your property line and that we'll put that fence up 100 foot from your property line and the houses will be built on the other side of that. And so guess what? So Rhonda got that acre, and I didn't even have to pay for it. <laughs> Amen. Isn't that awesome? You know what I got to say to you? Would you look at God? <laughs> Would you look at God? See what I'm saying? I mean, to you, that might not be a miracle, but to us, it is a miracle. It's a miracle, especially after we did all that hard work. It's a miracle, and God made that happen. 
And so I just want to tell you, look at God. Now, you may be here today, and you know, I would say the first thing, if you're going to admit your need to God, you've got to go straight to God. And there's some of you sitting here today, I know that you're away from God. You don't, you know, you're, you don't claim to be a Christ follower. There's some of you that need to reconnect to God. And there's some of you that are scared to death because you don't know where you're going to spend eternity. If you died right now, you don't, you'd like, I don't know if I'd go to heaven or hell. Well, we don't want you to do that. We want you to know. And so we have a prayer inside of our program. I want everybody to take out your program. Today, I want us to do something different. I want us to read this prayer together. And if you're here today and you're not sure of your eternity, your relationship with God, if you'll just read this and mean it, okay, not just read it, but mean it in your heart, God will hear you today. Let's read it together. Ready? Let's read it. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Please help me turn from my sins and do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now listen, if you read that today, and you say, you know, I really mean that. Like, this is my time. I want this for me. On the back of this card, in the upper room as well, there's a box that says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower so we can pray for you in your new journey. Amen? Now, can we give a hand to all those people that just received Christ now? Amen. All right. Okay, number two is this. Number two, would you write this down? How to experience a personal miracle is this. Is stop worrying and start looking and listening for God. Stop worrying and stop looking and listening for God. Again, we go back into our story, 2 Kings 4. But let, before I read that to you, can I just say this to clear the air? How many of you would be honest with me that you've worried before? Anybody besides me? Okay, let me see your hands, all right? Who's a liar in the room? Not, okay, yeah, that's right. If your hand's not up, you probably lie. We've all experienced worry. Would you agree with that? Some of you right now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, are worried about something now. But let me tell you what worry is. Worry is, is when you begin to think about the future and you think about that worst-case scenario over and over again in your mind and what you're doing is you're pulling the stress out of a future event that has not happened yet and right now you're experiencing the stress of that. You see what I'm talking about? In other words, you know, your, your children, when they were small, maybe they were talking about imaginary, you know, they had imaginary friends, or they had, a, you know, maybe they saw a ghost in their closet, and you would go to that child, and you would say, or maybe your parents come to you and said this, you know what, there's no such thing, there's no ghost in your closet, I've checked under the bed, I've checked the closet, there's no ghost in your closet, and you would tell that kid, quit imagining that, because they would bring in fear on themselves. You and I do the same thing when we worry. When we worry, what we're doing is that we're looking into the future and we're creating a worst-case scenario that has not happened and probably will not happen, and we're pulling that stress into the present reality that we live in. And so we, our blood pressure goes up, we get stressed out. Do, do you, does that make sense to you? So worry really makes no sense because if we could hear our parents' voice again saying, it's really not out there, and we're scared to death it's going to happen. And so the enemy loves for you to worry. The devil wants you to worry. Now watch this. So here we go, back in the story. 2 Kings 4. So she said, you know, my two sons are going to be uh, taken from me. And so here's what happened. He says, well, what can I do to help you? Elisha said, Elisha asked, tell me, let's read what's underlined. You ready? Come on. What do you have? What do you have in your house is what he asked. What do you have? God always asks this question before he does a miracle is what do you have? We look at all the stuff that we don't have and we forget to look at what we already do have. Amen? 
And so what I'd like to tell you this is that, you know, when you were in the elementary school and the fire department come and you got your little, you know, little fireman's hat, I think they still do that. They did that, you know, when my kids were in school and when I was there. And they come and they tell you, if your clothes catch on fire, what do they tell you to do? Stop, drop, stop, drop, and roll. That's right. Stop, drop, and roll. Well, I want to tell you that when you need a miracle, you need to do this. Stop, look, and listen. Let me say it again. Stop, look, and listen. You need to stop, quit running and trying to do it all yourself. Quit, you know, you're freaking out. Stop freaking out. It's like somebody needs to come and grab us and just smack us one time. Get a hold of yourself, right? Stop freaking out. And stop, start looking around and saying, okay, what's around me? And then begin to listen. Listen. I, uh, 15 years ago, when we were building our, our initial building, uh, this is new, but that, the other part over there, uh, 15 years ago we started, I had, uh, you know, got people around me, and we went to the banks and did all this stuff, got ready to build, and we had raised $400,000. And so we decided that we would, you know, use all of our cash up to do all that we could do. And then we would borrow the money that we needed to finish the project so that we wouldn't pay interest. And so we thought that was pretty wise. We went and talked to the bank. They said, yeah, we're good. And so we did that. We used all of our money, got all the foundations, everything done on the ground. And we went to the bank and said, we're ready to make our uh, first draw. They said, we're sorry. Our bank's having issues, and we can't lend you the money. Well, at that time, we'd used all our money up. So the other banks were like, you have no money. How can you borrow it? You have none, you know? And I was like, oh, no, what are we going to do? And I was freaking out. And so I began to say, God, I, I mean, let me tell you something. When I say, oh, I just prayed about it. No, 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 no. I prayed about it. I was crying. God, what are we going to do? You know, there's nobody gives us love. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I'm crying, and finally I just stopped. I just looked around. I'm like, God, you got to help me. And I just got quiet and listened. And you know what? A name come to my mind. It, just, it come to my mind. A guy named Larry. And I said, oh, Lord, you know, I don't, I'm not this close to this guy. I don't know him that well. And so Larry's name came to my mind, and so I said, okay, God, I don't know if this is you or not, but this is what's coming to my mind. And so I got my phone out, and uh, I got his number, and I dialed it, and I called him, and I said, hey, Larry, this is Jeff Dawes. And I had to explain who it was. He said, oh, yeah, Jeff, I remember you. And I said, Larry, I don't know why I'm calling you, but all I know is I was praying today, and I have a problem, and God put your name in my mind. He started laughing. and said, oh, I wonder what kind of problem it is. <laughs> he did. And I told him our situation. And he said, Jeff, I'm so sorry that happened to you. He said, I can't believe they did that. He said, you know what? But just last week, a bank opened up in McDonough, and I'm on that board. And he said, you know what? If you would just come and see me next week, I'm sure we can work this out. And I want you to know, within one week's time, we had all that we needed. The loan was done. And you know what I would say to you? Would you look at God? Amen. Would you look at God? So, so, why would, I, why would I tell you that? It's because, listen, sometimes you've got to just listen. And listen, I mean, when there's a thought, listen, if, if I call you randomly, it's because God, I'm like, okay, God, I'll call. I don't know what's going on, but I'll call. And sometimes, you know, God does that. He puts thoughts in our minds. And if we just act on that, there's a miracle on the other side. And so don't hesitate to stop, look, and listen. What do you have left? And so, you know what? We're doing something here in a couple of weeks, it's called the EXO Marriage Conference. Why are we doing that? 
is because we want you to have the opportunity to stop, look, and listen, and get better in your marriage. You say, oh, my marriage is good. Yes, good today, but give it a three more weeks. I mean, in that life, when you live with somebody, you have the ebbs and flows, right? And you, know how to, you need to know how to handle what's going to come your way in three weeks or a month from now. And, you know, maybe you're about to get married. I would just say this. That, listen, you need to know how to be better. If you want, if you want your marriage to get better, you, gotta, you can't be better, do better till you know better. You've got to learn how to get better. And so we're doing this conference so you can stop, look, and listen in order that you might get better. And we want to give you an opportunity for a better marriage and a better life. Amen? Happy wife, happy, what is it? Happy life, that's right. So guys, we expect you to sign up right now on the back of your connection card. There it is, right now. And you will make her happy if you lean over and say, honey, why don't we come to this? She'll go, oh, that makes me feel so good. Oh, he wants to get better, yes. Right? All right. Listen. I love you. Men, I'm with you. You know what? I'm with you. I'll help you out. That's right. Okay, so the third thing is this. How do we experience a personal miracle. Would you write this down? It's change your thinking. Change your thinking. Oh, we got to get rid of that stinking thinking. Got to have a checkup from the neck up. <laughs> Do I need to keep going? No, that's right. All right. Okay. <laughs> so again, we drop back into this verse, and look what happens here. Verse number two again. So he asks the question, what do you have in your house? And she says this. Would you read those first three words, words with a little attitude? Let's read them. You ready? Come on. Nothing at all. That's right. She's mad at him. My husband died. If you really a man of God, my husband's still living here. He'd still be living. But he died. And now I have nothing. So she's like, I got nothing at all. And many times we get a bad attitude when we need a miracle, right? Because we're sort of mad at God. Because, God, if you really God, I wouldn't be in this situation. You ever felt that way? Yeah, we felt that way. And she says, nothing at all. So what she was saying is that, you know what? I've done all I can do. There's nothing at all. I'm a little ticked right now. But then she has a moment. Something happens in her mind. that All of a sudden, it was a, faith, a little bit of faith raised up. And look what she says. She says, except a flask of oil, olive oil, she replied. What happened with her? All of a sudden, she stopped looking at what she had and what she could do. And she remembered that God could do anything at that moment. And she, what she did was she began to exercise her faith. You, you know what? Exercise, you, have, you have to exercise your faith. Now, now, do you know what exercise is? Exercise is doing things you don't feel like doing to hopefully feel better later, right? Right? Am I, you, you know what I'm talking about? Like you say, oh, man, I need to go. I need to exercise. Every time you go to the doctor, you say, okay, you need to exercise. Okay, tell me something I don't know. Right? I mean, like, you ever feel that way? But every time I, you know, when I go to the gym, I never feel like it. I have a, I have a thousand things come to me and tell me why I shouldn't go. You're tired. I'm like, you're right, I am. You know, that little voice in my head. You're tired. You don't need to go. You didn't sleep good last night. You need to go home and get a nap. You know, whatever. So exercise is doing something you don't feel like doing in order to experience the benefits later. You agree with that? And many times we have to exercise our faith. And that means that we have to practice faith when we don't feel like it. Let me say that again. We have to practice our faith when we don't feel like it. When everything is going crazy, our world seems to be falling apart, that's when we have to exercise our faith, right? Believe it in spite of what's going on. Now, how do you do that? Well, the Bible tells us this. Look what it says. Philippians 4 and 4, it says this. Rejoice in who? The Lord. When? All 
always. That's exercising your faith, even when it's bad. Rejoice in the Lord. He says, I'll say it again. What's that word? Rejoice. Rejoice. Now watch this. See, worry, we talked about worry. Worry is, is imagining the worst case scenario of the future and then pulling that, that emotion into your life right now and you stressing out over it right now, causing you harm. But rejoicing, oh, watch this. Rejoicing is the exact opposite. It's looking back into your past and seeing what God has already done from you for you, and you think about it. If God done that, then I know that he can do this, right? And you remember what God done for you, and you remember that, and it brings joy to your heart, and you know if he did it then, he'll do it again, amen? And so that you begin to remember, like, you remember that when you almost had that traffic accident, when, you, when you, you were this close to death, that car stopped right before it crashed into you, and you remember that it was God Almighty that you said, stop that car, right? And if he did it then, he'll do it again. You remember that when you were financially, you didn't have a dollar to your name, and you know what? You stopped into a restaurant, and all of a sudden somebody said, hey, can I buy your meal? You know what? I would say, would you look at God, right? Because he did it then, he'll do it again. When your finances are, are busted, when, when your marriage is on the rocks and you feel like it's never going to get better, all of a sudden God stepped in, and if he did it then, he'll do it again. Amen? I'm trying to tell you the same God that did something for you a long time ago is the same God that's still on the throne today. And if you'll just think back to what he did, it'll give you the faith to believe that he can do it again. Amen. amen. I'm preaching better than you're amening. Amen. Isn't that true? Let me ask you, has God done anything for anybody in this room ever in your life? Anybody? Yeah. All right, yes, he has. He's done it. Listen, you wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for God. Do you think the devil wants you here? Heck no, he didn't want you here. He saved you. And those people that you're thinking about, they're, they're too far gone. Well, we used to think that about you. Right, we used to think about you, you know. we talk about you. We'd say, oh, boy, I don't know about them. But guess what? The same God that reached down and saved me is the same God that saved you and the same God that can save your parents, your children, your co-worker, your neighbors, everybody. Amen? Amen. Amen. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. You see, how do you do this? Well, we have to learn to change the channel. That's what I call it. Like on the television, you know how, how when, you know, like I hate commercials. I know, I know they make technology for that now, but I'm too cheap. So anyways, but I hate commercials. So I'm watching something, then a commercial comes on. I'm going to flip the channel for about three minutes, right? Every man in here knows what I'm talking about, right, ladies? Oh, yeah, we can't stay on one thing. You know, we're going to flip the channel. Well, when that, when that bad thing, listen, when that bad thing begins to go through your mind, worry begins to invade it, how do you change the channel? Well, instead of thinking about the bad things, you begin to change the channel and you begin to think about the good things God has already done. See, instead, of the good th instead of the bad things you think are going to happen, think, go on the facts of what God has already done. And that's changing the channel. You know what I found out to be true? is when worship goes up, worry comes down. Let's say that together. Ready? Come on. When worship goes up, worry comes down. One more time. When worship goes up, worry comes down. So you've got a choice. Either you're going to worship or you're going to worry. You cannot do both at the same time. It's that we have to learn to worship God. And when you do, peace comes in. And it's faith in Almighty God. So I have this on, uh, on your connection card. It's the next step. Look what it says. It says, I will rejoice in what God has already done 
while I trust him for what I need. Would you, do, would you check that box so we can pray for you? Because this is a game changer. It changes everything in your life. It moves you from doubt to faith, from worry to joy, if you would do that. All right, number four. Would you write this down? Here we go. How to experience a personal miracle from God? Number four is use what you already have to help others. Use what you already have to have, help others. Now, Elisha's about to ask this lady something crazy here. I think if I would have been this lady's shoes, I'd be like, man, have you lost your mind? What are you smoking? You know? So here's what it says. Look what it says. Then he said, remember, she just asked, what do you have in your house? And she said, nothing except for this little bitty bottle of oil, a little bit of oil I have here. He says, then he said, go outside, borrow vessels from your neighbors. Would you read what's underlined? You ready? Come on. Empty vessels. And let's read that next part. Not too few. Okay, that means get all you can. Then go in and shut the door. Uh, then go in and shut the door behind yourself and your son and pour into all these vessels. And when one is full, set it aside. So basically what he was saying is this, is that when you are in need, the best thing that you can do is look for another vessel to fill. Did you hear that? When you need a miracle, what the best thing that you can do is look for another vessel to fill. You see, the problem is, is that when we have a problem, we see no one else's problem. When we have a problem, we get so, we get so self-centered that we can't think about anybody else because we're like, woe is me, right? I'm so bad. I got it so bad. And so I want to tell you, is go in and look for other people's vessels to fill. Now look at this. Look at the rest next, next verse. So she went from him and shut the door behind herself and her son. And as she poured, they brought the vessels to her. Now watch this. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. And then let's read the rest of what's underlined. You ready? Let's read it out loud. You ready? Then the oil stopped flowing. She came to the, the man of God and said, Go sell the oil, pay your debts, and your son, uh, and you and your sons can live on the rest. Now, here's what I want to tell you. This is so important. Watch this. Is that your miracle happens when you bless other people. You are blessed to be a blessing. Most people say, okay, well, you know, I want to be blessed first. God says, no, no, no. You take that little bit of oil that you have. You take that little bit of energy, that little bit of finances, that little bit of, uh, of talent that you have. Whatever you have left, you take it and you use it to fill somebody else's vessel. When you pour your little bit into somebody else to help them heal, God heals you. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. The blessing you're looking for is in the blessing. Watch this. When you bless other people, God blesses you. The blessing that you're looking for is in the blessing. The blessing is in the blessing. When you bless others, God blesses you. And you know what happens? The favor of God comes on your life. So the Bible, God is saying this. The lesson here today is this, is that when you pour yourself into someone else to meet their need or need the people that you know, the, then God pours himself into you. When you pour yourself into, into someone else, God pours himself into you. You know what happened in that story? Is that every vessel that was there, the oil was enough. And that little container, she kept pouring and she kept pouring and she kept. It should have ran out. But you know what she said? Every time she filled a vessel up, she said, would you look at God? 
Boys, would you, would you look at God? Look here. Look, boys. I filled one up. Give me the other one. And filled it. Look, boys. I filled another. Would you look at God? Look at God. Look at God. The lesson in this is, is that if you need a miracle, you look for someone to pour your little bit into that God can pour his favor into you. Amen? Amen. God can pour his favor into you. Can I tell you this? When I see you, whether it be when you're coming into to the church or if I meet you at Walmart or wherever I meet you at and I see you doing good, I see your life's changing and you're getting better, you know what I say inside? Would you look at God? When I, get in, when I see you, I'm telling you, I see miracles. I see miracles in you. I see you getting better. I see that light, you're coming to life. I see, when I see your children get better, when I see your marriages get better, when I see you getting better financially, when I see you getting better health, when you get, your health is getting better, I, I, sometimes I'll get in the car, look at Ron, I'll say, would you look at God? Would you look at God? Because God's at work in you. And today I got a question for you. Will you look to God? Will you today, will you make a choice today to look at God? Will you look at God? And all I want to leave you with today is that when you walk out of here, I hope that every little thing that's happening, that you'll just say to yourself, when you see something good happen, you'll know that God's at work, and you'll look at somebody, and you'll say, let's say it again. Ready? Come on. Will you look at God? Let's say it again. Ready? Come on. Will you look at God? Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website, at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.